Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Tip Balls Podcast. My name is Zolo. I'm back in the hosting chair just for uh, one quick session. Excuse me. And uh, to my right, way down there in his Motor City Lions attire, we have the one and only Uncle Sam. Hello. Uh, you can't really see him right now, but you can hear him. Say something, Sam. Hello. Well, there he is, live from Mackinac. We're, we're having a little troubleshooting issues on the video, but that's Sam. Uh, he will be here, even though you can't see him. And, of course, as always, behind the decks on the ones and twos, the one and Dumb only. Dumbass behind the desk. Bruce the Tugboat Venditti. He hasn't taken his edible yet. We'll get him there, folks. We'll get him. I like how I'm just this, like, godlike figure, just a voice coming down, floating around in the metaverse. Stupid. They always used to tell me that I have a voice for radio, or I'm sorry, excuse me, I have a face for radio. Have you ever heard that phrase before? I have. Yeah. Well, I have. I think your face is more than worthy to be on here. It just can't make it today. It just couldn't make the appearance, which is fine. Taking the day off. Picture him that we can put in. Yeah. Right. Can you do that? And make it like make it grow, like we'll add water to it every time it talks. On the phone with. I can try. Well, don't do that, don't try and challenge him too much today. There was football last night, um, and I have a hot take for you guys on the football. Um, my power rankings for coaches that need to be fired list changed dramatically last night, and I have a new. Honestly, he might even be number one after last night. It's Ron Rivera. Um, I think Ron Rivera should totally be on the hot seat for the way the commanders have just crashed over the last three weeks. Nothing more prominent than last night. Uh, in case you missed it, the Bears. Um, Uncle Sam, you and I were onto this. I didn't say they'd win. Did you say they'd win outright? You and I said they'd cover the five and a half. Yeah, I and thought we, they would cover. Um, I thought they'd cover too. Um, the Bears dismantled the Washington Commanders 40 to 20. Uh, a little bit of garbage time action at the end there. But uh, Justin Fields had four touchdowns, no interceptions, and then DJ Moore popped off like crazy last night. Moore had eight receptions for 230 yards and three TDs. There's a garbage time one at the end. Um, but the big story was the Bears coming out. Well, number one, the big story is Dick Buckus died. So they were channeling the, uh, the spirit of one of the most famous players in Bears history. Uh, so he died. They announced it about an hour or two before the game, but... Uh, the big story there was the Bears' offense. They came out to the same lead the Lions had the week before at halftime, which is 27-3. to And um, the Commanders ended up inching back. Sam Howell actually played a decent yeah, they, game. They had a few balls that kind of didn't bounce their way. They could have been back into this game. They were within seven at one point. They were within seven. Uh, they were within, they were within eight. Uh, was, was it seven? They were within ten. Oh, they were within it was, seven. It was 30 to 20. It was 30 to 20. And and this is why I think. The field goal. I'm th sorry. This is Go why away. I think Ron Rivera needs to be fired. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. So you're down 27 to three at half. They get the ball back. They score and go for two and convert. All of a sudden, it's 27 to 11. They it took him a second because Logan Thomas fumbled the ball and Logan Thomas had a great game by the way he had nine for seventy seven and a TD. Um, they get the ball back after the Logan Thomas fumble, still down twenty seven to eleven. They drive the field and tell me if you get Sam. Did you watch the game too? I did. I watched the whole game. Tell me if you remember this play. There was a third and long in the red zone. And Sam Howell had this insane scramble for like 10 yards. He kept himself up. He cut it to the inside, and he got down three yards short of the sticks. 
at the fourth and three. 15 yard lines to make it fourth and three. Do you guys remember yeah. that play? Yeah. You know Without what Rivera Boston. did? Kicked a fucking field goal, Joey Slide. Field goal. Down 16 points with three minutes to go in the third quarter. He kicked a field goal. Number one. Number one, he needs to lose the Riverboat Ron moniker just on that play alone. We're, we need to pull that away. He is no longer Riverboat Ron. That was bullshit. How do you expect your players to play hard for you if you're doing shit like that? If you're not playing to win games and you're just playing to keep it close, okay, number one. Number two, have you guys ever heard of something called the – hold on. I have the exact name of it right here. It's a new stat. It is called – the it's like the coward index or something like that i don't know the exact name of it but um in-game decision making can affect everything the game flow how things change and there's there's certain percentages of of times to do things and when you shouldn't do things um the surrender index excuse me the surrender index so the surrender index was so high on that play for Ron Rivera, they basically choked the game away, you know? And it's to the point where it leads to bad karma down the road, and you guys might not believe in this, but they had bad football karma when they went to kick the field goal again with six minutes to go, and they missed it. They missed the game it. was already over when you blew the fourth and three, okay? Because yeah. you spotted them a 10-point lead, and they were able to maintain it. And you – excuse me, it was 16 at the time. They eventually got another touchdown, but – what are we doing, Ron Rivera? And you're I mean, my jaw dropped yeah, when it was yeah, so, so did mine. So did mine. That's when the game ended. The game ended in the third quarter when he didn't go for it on fourth and three. Their entire ownership group, Josh Harris, who just bought the team, has been there every game. Magic Johnson had one of his dumb tweets last night, but he was unhappy. And if you're watching that, what are you thinking? Like, why would you want to keep this guy as the head coach when he's not playing to win games? Go ahead, Sam. Uh, I agree with you 100%. That fourth and three, I thought, okay, for sure. You know, I mean, you have – you have to remember, Chicago didn't have a running back. They were running their fullback as as their starting running back, and they were getting decimated with injuries. I, mean, I don't even know how many people they lost last night, but they were decimated with injuries, and that had all the makings. You know, when I was sitting there and, and, and the uh, commanders scored, they get the ball back, it was fourth and three. I was like, okay. If you're Ron Rivera, you're going for this here. You're scoring a touchdown, and next we're and then they're right back. This game is is you're in a one possession game now, with the Bears' entire team going down for injury. They have no running back left. I it had all the makings of the Bears repeating what they did last week in the debacle loss to Denver. I, I as soon as he is right when he sent the field goal unit out there, I knew. All the air is going to be taken out, out of this commander's offense. They, if he would have went for it on that fourth and three, all right, and they would have converted that, I think that Washington would have won that game. So on top of that, uh, I was weirded out. I don't think the announcer said anything. I didn't hear anything from Al Michaels or, or Herb Street, number one. Number two, why would you come out when you score the touchdown at the beginning of the second half? Why would you even go for two if you were just going to kick the field goal later? That's just Correct. inconsistent. That's why we're lucky to have Dan Campbell, who does make the right decision, I think, in Riverboat those situations. Dan Campbell. Uncle Sam, what are your thoughts? You uh, you grew up watching I, those 85 Bears. and Well, I mean, the 85 Bears are one of the greatest teams I ever play. 
You think God bless Dick Buckus. Rivera was part of that team. So that's that's why I ask. You know, it's not like the guy doesn't know how to win. The guy knows how to win. He's been there as a coach. He's been there as a player. So, you know, as far as, as what happened last night, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think Eric Bieniemy needs to hold a little accountability for that, too. I really do. I, you know what? He's, uh, you know, Sam Howell didn't have a bad game. He threw for over 300 yards. But the turnovers destroyed them, and they were in bad moments. It just, you know what? He should have went for it. I agree with that. I don't think he should have fucking played it safe. I don't think he should play it safe, try to kick a field goal, and then miss it. I mean, that that just took the air right out of him. They were done right after that. When they missed that field goal, that was it. It was game hey. over. I don't watch uh, very many Commanders games, but I could be wrong about this, but were, did anybody else hear them chanting, let's go Redskins? No. Uh, well, that's because they want to change the ba- name back to Redskins. The fucking fans want the name back. Uh, that's Not- the, only thing, huh? the only thing I heard was "Let's Go Bears." I heard a lot of "Let's Go Bears" yeah, chants coming. Yeah, the end, but I heard a. I thought I heard some "Let's Go Redskins" there for a second, but could be wrong. Well, could be the wrong. one other thing I wanted to bring up: uh, if if you look at the rushing stats for Washington last night, they had twenty nine total rushing yards, and I'll, I'll say this. Washington's offensive line, Chicago's offensive line is decimated with injury, but Washington's offensive line, that was an absolutely, I thought it was an atrocious atrocious job from Washington's offensive line. They couldn't establish any sort of run. And, you know, on, on that last DJ Moore touchdown, I mean, Kendall Fuller just completely, completely sold out to try and tip that ball. And you, you, you can't really blame him, but I mean, what, Washington was so close to doing what the Broncos did to them last week. If their, they their secondary was awful last night. Yeah, awful. yeah. Real quick they, on the they secondary, they were tackling. They were fucking garbage on the secondary. Night. That's why they lost because DJ Moore is a good receiver. He's not that good. He's he's no. not whatever it was three hundred yard whatever it was. He's Eight not, for two thirty and three touchdowns. Yeah, two and three yeah he, he looked like fucking. Uh... Mike Evans last night. Are you kidding me? So no matter what they did too, like that's when the game the game was ten nothing in the first quarter, and that's when the game got out of hand. Is is with DJ Moore just lighting them up at the beginning of the game. The game was pretty much over there, and um, again, that's Jack Del Rio had no idea what he was doing. He made great adjustments in the second half. I thought their defense played great in the second half, but uh, yeah, their secondary wasn't ready. That's the second bad game in a row wow. from Emmanuel Forbes, their rookie, who had been pretty good the first couple weeks, and uh, Benjamin St. Just who's been kind of stout for them the last couple years. Same drill. They just kind of choked it away, and that Bears receiving core isn't good enough. Cole Komet had another big game. Um, just just all around bad. Real quick, um, two things, Uncle Sam. I have two questions. Number, number one, uh, do you have anything to say about Dick Buckus? And number two, let's just have a brief conversation on Justin Fields because we can't let it go unrecognized that he's eight TDs and one interception over the last two weeks. He was four TDs yesterday. I mean, that was arguably his best game as a pro. First Buckus, then go to Justin Fields. Dick Buckus, probably greatest middle linebacker ever played the game. I don't think so, but probably. A lot of people would say he was the greatest. I don't you think know, I so. Think it was Ray probably. Lewis. But, you know, <laughs> I, I just, you know, a guy that for, he was a pillar in that Chicago community, man. Everybody respected Dick Buckus. There's nobody out there that would say that he is not, he was 
a good man as well as being a great NFL player. And he's, he's uh, to this day, he was a catalyst there in Chicago. People love the guy. You know, R.I.P. R.I.P. Another one, another one's gone. And what you think? Great of, player is gone. What did you think of Justin Fields yesterday? I thought Justin Fields looked like he did last year. If you remember, he started out last year. He was utter dog shit, just like he did this year. And now, miraculously, in the last two games, now I don't know if the opponent has something to do with that. He's remembered how to play football again. I'm I'm happy you said the opponent because. Listen, if you're going eight TDs and one interception over a two-game streak, someone in one of my group chats last night, I don't care who it's against, that matters. I, I partially agree because I think he's making the right reads. Uh, I think I, you said something earlier. He's been getting crushed, and he's, I think he's on pace to, to get destroyed at some point with the way he's running the yeah, ball. He, he was taking a lot of unnecessary hits last night. He took, he took at least four hits I seen that he did not need to do. And I don't know what... Uh, Everflus is taken over there. I like his little option with him as a runner, but you know what? At this point, why would you subject this guy to any more beatings? Real quick, why? real quick, Sam. Before I turn it over to you, it goes back to that. Like, I, it's been fun to watch. Fields has been fun to watch. I'm a Fields hater, and he's been fun to watch the last two games. Um, but the running the ball thing only works so well when you have to play from behind. They barely played from behind last week. They didn't play from behind at all yesterday, and credit to them. And I do think the opponents matter because we're talking about last week they played a Denver team that had given up 70 the week before, and that's defense has been getting gashed. So, yeah, the, the 28 was great, but I want to see it against better opponents. And then the commanders, same drill. They gave up 37 last week to the Eagles. They gave up 40-plus to the, to the Bills the week before that. So I need to see it against – non-inferior opponents and more importantly i want to see how fields plays from behind it's been my argument from day one with him if he has to play from behind and push the ball downfield it's going to be a disaster he didn't yeah, have to do that I yesterday that. he didn't have to do that the week before essentially either and um therefore i think he's playing pretty well and good for him good after after the, the start that they had and people calling for his head and we called for caleb williams as recently as two days ago Good for Fields to bounce back. I would like to see it against better opponents, though, before I buy in. You got any thoughts on that, Sam, before we move on? Yeah, so this is – this is last night is why I guess, you know, my offseason Justin Fields for MVP thing, uh, uh, that's why I was so firm on it. Because if he could string together, you know, 14 games of work that looked like that, then, yeah, we're talking about somebody who's playing probably at an MVP caliber level. I don't think we're going to see that, especially this year. Like, I don't think there's going to be any miraculous, you know, comeback out of Chicago. But I'll say this much. Their next – their games from now until Thanksgiving, if you look at it, they have Minnesota twice, Vegas, the Chargers, New Orleans, Carolina, and then Detroit one time. If – Justin Fields really doesn't have to go outside of, I would say, New Orleans, maybe, and Detroit. He's not really going up against a, a stout defense. Like, he, they played Tampa week one, Kansas City week two. Outside of Detroit and maybe New Orleans, those are the two best defenses he faced from now until December. Um, I, I, they're going to they're gonna win a couple games in there if, if he can continue to play the way he did last night. So I think the Caleb Williams sweepstakes thing is kind of out at the moment, unless there's a huge debacle and he reverts back to the way he looked 
week one and two, they're going to win a few games going forward this next couple of weeks. Yeah, but, you, you know, those teams you just mentioned, maybe the the uh, the story would be the secondaries that he'll be going up against. In Minnesota, yeah, but- you say what you want to say, they still have a ball-hawking secondary that will give him fits if he tries to do what he did last night. Yeah, I think on that list of teams that you named, I just think the that Chargers there's a lot also- better defenses than, than – um, than the commanders and the, uh, the, the and the commanders Broncos. front is is everything what they we expected yeah they're very good so the so, problem is the back end's not playing with the front end and that's coaching I'd, that's Jack Del Rio I as a Lions fan um I'd really love a crack like they they've been linked to a lot of DNs as of late like I'm starting to hear Max Crosby's name it would be very difficult to make that happen. Um, yeah, among some other players, but one of the names that really stands out, and, and, and we talked about it the other day, is is Chase Young, who's looking decent right now, and I would love the Lions to take a crack at Chase Young. You know, you buy low, see if you can get him for a fifth or a fourth round pick, and, and you just keep him for the season, and that gives you the pass rushing help. That being said, on the Lions front, I'm, I'm jumping way ahead. You're getting I, a far back. I might taking a third round pick for him. You got you, if, if you're spending a third, you have to make sure you're signing him at that point, which Correct. he's which they didn't pick up his option, so he's a free agent after this year. Uh, the Lions, Josh Pascal might be scheduled to come off IR next week, so that's a whole other thing. Um, let's let's move on. Let's get into some picks, if you guys don't mind. Uh, can we wrap? Are we good with Chicago and Washington? Can we yeah. wrap up? Yep. Uh, okay. Let's start in London. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, London's own Jacksonville Jaguars. They are the road team, actually, this time, and they're going against the three and one Buffalo Bills. And what some might have thought in preseason could be a playoff preview. Uh, Jacksonville is getting five and a half points. The over under is forty eight and a half. Sam, what do you think? Okay, right, right off the rip, the big glaring thing here for me is that over under. I expected this to be a fifty pointer. Um, I think Jacksonville's offense started to click a little bit last week. Not not to the caliber that we expected, but they got it together a little bit. Uh, I think that they're going to – I mean, you have uh, Tredarius White out for the year. Uh, Greg Rosenau is uh, is going to be out this weekend, and they don't think Von Miller is going to play this week at this point. So uh, Buffalo's defense he's a little – making the trip. He's making the trip. Correct. But that doesn't mean he's going to play. Uh, so Buffalo's defense, I'd say, a little weaker than than full strength. Uh, and I think Jacksonville should be able to – Jacksonville has to get their run game together um, to allow – to open things up in the passing game. I think Jacksonville's offense will look better than they did last week, but still not to that 100%. But the way Buffalo looked last week against the Jacksonville defense that hasn't really impressed me much this year, I think the over in this game is is – bound to happen uh buffalo giving five i'm gonna take buffalo in this game i i think buffalo will win this by a touchdown um and just because i i haven't seen what i've wanted to see from jacksonville yet and i don't think against buffalo as hot as josh allen stefan Diggs looked last week i don't think that they're gonna get completely over the hump uh so i'm gonna take buffalo minus five and a half in the over in this game uncle sam I'm going to take Jacksonville in this game. I'm going to take Jacksonville in the over. Why? Why? Uh, I think they're due. They played a really good game last week. They were solid on both sides of the ball. 
I think they're due. Wow. That's a great really, com Compared to you guys, I'm extremely low on Jacksonville. Um, yeah. I still haven't seen it. I didn't think they looked that great last week against a pretty bad team. I, I didn't see it come together like everyone else. I thought if it wasn't Desmond Ritter at quarterback that Atlanta would have made it a game in the second half. Um, and I still buy into those little I, – I think the London thing brings out the unders. I think teams play poorly in London for well, whatever reason. Jacksonville will be there, so that's why I'm taking Jacksonville in this game. Um, Jacksonville will be the London-based team. I'm going I'm going Buffalo. I think they win outright. I think they cover the minus five and a half. And I, and I actually like the under in this one. I could see them pulling out the – you know, the the 30 to 10 type ordeal or 30 to 17, even something like that. Um, moving on, let's go to one of our favorite stories this year, uh, but it takes place in Atlanta, Georgia. We have the Houston Texans going up against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Like I said, Houston is getting one and a half. The over under is 41 and a half. Sam. Well, I mean, you really – I don't know if it's recency bias or if C.J. Stroud is that good, but Houston's been on fire. Their offense has been scoring at will, and let's just be real. The last two games Atlanta has played, um, they've gotten torched. So the offense has kind of been impotent as well. What does Atlanta have in the last two games? Uh, what is it, 12 points in the last two games? They have 13 points. Dookie in the last two games. Yeah, 13 points in the last two games. I Houston's defense a little bit better than everybody expected them to be, and obviously the offense is playing out of their minds right now. Uh, I'm going to take Houston to cover and win this game, and I'm going to actually – I'm going to shock everybody. I'm going to take the over in this. Uh, I think Atlanta has to find a way to manufacture a few, some more offensive points, and, and Houston has pretty much – I mean, they're – they're lighting everybody up at the moment. So e even in losses, they're scoring a lot of points. So I'm I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Houston, and I'm going to take the over in this one. Uncle Sam, I agree. I'm going to take Houston and the over. Um, the only thing that scares me about the over is Atlanta. Can they put points on the board? Yeah, that's I'm, the only thing that scares me. I'm I'm with you completely on that front. I'm I'm also going to go Houston in the over. Um. But, I, again, I think this is an ordeal where it's not going to be as close as that. Um, I don't know how Houston's getting one and a half. I think the I, difference yeah, in I, this game is the Texans' defense, which has been stout, and they have a defensive-minded coach, and it's gotten better every week. It's the Texans' defense versus the really lackluster Falcon offense, which is Desmond Ritter. You know, I, the <coughs> experiment's only going to last so long, and I just think do, that do you, Houston do does a lot of damage. you think we see uh, Taylor Heineke? Make his he, uh, I, maybe. appearance in this game. Maybe, maybe because a home crowd can boo their way into a result. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think that there's a small chance we get Heineke in this one. Um, let's move on. Uh, let's go to Indianapolis. We have a division matchup here. Um, the Tennessee Titans are minus two and a half in Indianapolis. And the over-under is 43 in this one. Uncle Sam? Well, I mean, I like Indy in this game. I'm going to take Indy in this game. I'm going to take Indy and uh, I'm going to take the under. Go ahead. Why? I, I just I feel Indianapolis right now, if uh, Richardson can stay in this game and not get hurt, 
I believe uh, they could actually win this game pretty easy because they generate a little more offense than Tennessee does. And Jonathan Taylor's slated to play, too, for the record. Well, we'll see if that happens. If he plays, then uh, uh, I'm going to still take the under. Sam? So I'm going to also – I'm going to agree with Uncle Sam here. I'm going to take Indy and the under in this game. Uh, Tennessee's 2-2. Two and two. I think they're one of the worst 2-2 two and two teams that there are out there right now. Uh, their defense is playing – okay at best i would say uh they're eighth in points against per game so the problem is is these tennessee games they just don't seem to get a lot of points going uh i like the way anthony richardson's playing if they if jonathan taylor plays that adds a huge huge aspect to this offense and at the end of the day tennessee's been extremely inconsistent on the offensive side of the ball ryan Tannehill, yeah he's having probably his best start ever but that doesn't really mean much um derrick henry has not been there he's averaging three three point eight yards per carry that's not really something to write home about uh you know for example he has five more total rushing yards on the year than zach moss for the indianapolis colts so I, I just don't think it's there for Tennessee yet. I think Tennessee's – those two wins are extremely fluky for them. Uh, you know, I know they blew Cincinnati out, but it seems like everybody's going to blow Cincinnati out right now. Um, and I do, I never, ever trust Ryan Tannehill. Never, ever trust Ryan Tannehill. Give me Indy in the under. Um, I just like to watch the world burn. Um so just just to give give a little devil's advocacy in here and in a little contrarian action, um, I'm going to go with the Titans. Um, I like what they did last week. I, and listen, I know it's the Bengals, and there's not much to write home about there, but um, I I could see the under no, having no issues on that one. I could see no issues with the under. Um, I just don't think that the tech or the Titans front is going to allow Richardson to do that much damage. Colts are going to have some good juju at home. Jonathan Taylor's coming back, and Richardson's getting healthier. Thought what Richardson did last week was great, but I I don't trust Tannehill. I'm with you. I do trust Vrabel in a matchup like this. So I think the Titans cover that by a field goal, and I also like the under. Uh, moving on, uh, we're back into uh, Dolphins territory. Oh, man, this this is a chance to get out of hand really quick based on what we know. Um, the Giants are plus 12 and a half in Miami, um, over under 47 and a half. Sam? Uh, go to Sal. We're having some technical difficulties. Oh, we're having some technical difficulties. Jesus. That Mackinac internet always after us. Uncle Sam, Giants getting 12 and a half, which is a huge number. Uh, Miami I... is at home and the over under <clears throat> is 47 and a half. If you see a game with the effort that they put toward last week, I got a feeling that Miami will cover this easily. They'll they'll cover easily. They should. Um, the Giants didn't show me anything last week. Daniel Jones was running for his life. Their offensive line is is horrible, and they're on the road. Here's the thing: Brian Dabo is a good coach. He might find a way to get these guys up to par to play to cover this not to oh. win but to cover it oh my I, I i took them last week to cover and they got smoked so i i i don't feel um 
confident in them right now. So I'm going to take Miami, and I'm going to take the under because I think they're going to score all the points. Sam, Giants are getting 12.5 in Miami, over under 47.5. Like I said the other day, good thing Diane Feinstein left that space in the retirement home so they can put Uncle Sam's senile ass in there because there's absolutely no way the Giants are going to cover in this game. Um, I just said they're not. You, you just you just got done saying Brian Dabble's gonna gonna find a way to will them into a cover. But I said that's what the, that's what he did try to do last week and got smoked. So I took Miami and the under. You're taking Miami to cover the twelve and a half. I've taken Miami to beat them by twelve and a half. Yes. Wow. See, I didn't I didn't catch that. I apologize. So no, you're not as not as senile as I thought. Um, so we had a little technical difficulty, so that's I missed. I missed a couple. Ooh, good excuse. Of, good, good recovery uh, there. That's the a Diane great recovery. Feinstein comment. Okay. What did you say? Everybody knows she was a body bag for the last two years. It's weekend at Bernie's. Anyways, um, so <laughs> no, uh, the Giants, the Giants. I'm I'm ready to put the Giants in the. Uh, giants are in petrified dog shit at the moment. Um, there's there's nothing there to like. Uh, give me Miami all the way. And you know what? Miami, Miami got Miami got their ego punched a little bit last week, as well as their bunghole by Buffalo. So I think Miami's gonna bounce back and have a have a Miami. Yeah, they came out flat last week. I don't give a shit what anybody says. That last week was a anomaly. Correct. It's exactly what I'm saying. They're gonna come out this week and they're they're gonna they're gonna lay a dicking on the Giants. Uh give me the over because Miami will probably hit it by themselves. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. Uh, Miami covers the twelve and a half and the over. It just feels like it's, it's short rest for the Giants. They got to travel down south um, after coming off a debacle. Not a not a lot of adjustments can be made to a team like that in in six days, and it just feels like we haven't seen anything. Um, who knows? Maybe the offense does a little bit more. But I I think Miami soundly covers by the two touchdowns, and uh, I think that that the over is pretty safe in that one really? as well. Moving on to Foxborough, where we have the Patriots taking on the Saints. The Saints are one point favorite, so the Patriots are getting a point with an over under of thirty nine and a half. This is a complete dumpster fire, in my opinion. I don't know. I don't know if there's a game that I'm looking at right now that I want to watch less than this one. I have zero interest in this one. Um, Sam, uh, this, this one for me is, is pretty easy. Uh, I agree with you. There's no game. I'd rather watch less than this. Um, I'm going to go, I got to go new Orleans here. I, I just, there's nothing, there was not one single redeeming quality outside of a couple plays from Bailey Zappi last week for new England. Uh, they, they're, they just keep losing players to injury. Mac Jones is Mac Jones right now takes the flaccid penis of the year award. Um, It's new Orleans defense. I just think new Orleans defense is, is good enough to make Mac Jones look like absolute dog shit this week. I don't think that new England really has an answer. I don't really think for the first time in a long time, Bilicek has a, he's, he doesn't really have an out here. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, he benches he benches Mac Jones last week. His comments were, oh, there was no reason to keep him in the game. At the end of the day, there's no reason to keep him in the game because he played so fucking bad 
that you took that that the game was out of reach. I think that New Orleans is going to make easy work of this. I'm going to take the under. I don't think it's going to. I don't think either of these teams are going to score a ton of points. Um, but I just think New England's in really, really bad shape. So I'm going to go New Orleans in the under. Uncle Sam, I'm going to take New England in this game, cover, and I'm taking the under. Um, I, I, I just, I, I don't think New England will drop another game at home. Yeah, but they, you're you're thinking of the old New England. This isn't the old say, New England. You're erring on the side of history, which is which is fine, which is fine if you want to do that. Bill Belichick will pull something out of his fucking magic bag. But you I'm know, can I can I make a can I throw something so in here tricks. real quick? Real quick, um, I'm starting to buy into the New Englands and the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Yeah, they they're gonna punch their ticket pretty soon here. <laughs> They're, I mean, think about it. If they get if they get their bunghole punched by New Orleans this week, and they're one in four, and then Bailey Zappi gets to go the rest of the way, they are their ticket to the Caleb Williams sweepstakes is punched. Even even if it's not Caleb Williams, they're going to take a flyer on a quarterback next year. If oh, it's, if it's Michael Penix or Bo Nix or JJ McCarthy or whatever, Bo Nix is the perfect New England quarterback. Um. I'm I'm with you guys. I'm with you, Sam. I don't think that there's enough uh, tricks left in the bag for Belichick. It's because one of the he there's been a lot of tricks. Rabbits pulled out of the hat before. There's been tons over the years, but one of them that's never been pulled out of the hat is quarterback. You can't just pull a quarterback out of the hat unless they go trade for Kirk Cousins or sign Cam Newton again. Um, so I just don't see it happening for the Patriots. That being said, I I still don't think the Saints are as good as everyone thinks they are. I just know that. Mac Jones kryptonite is a good defense and he's just the, the under I, I think is very safe in this game because of the Saints defense and um I I like the Saints as well I, I like them safely within the field goal to touchdown range so give me the Saints minus one give me the Saints uh completely to win the game and give me that under um moving on to Pittsburgh a game the Steelers really need at least they they need to look good in their their offense needs to do something in this game uh, the Ravens are coming to town. They are favored by four and a half points. The over/under is 38 in that game. Some someone in Vegas think that's thinks it's going to be a uh, a big defensive game, or that the Steelers just aren't going to score any points. Uncle Sam. Well, I'm going to take the Steelers to cover in this. I'm going to take them uh, actually to win this game. God. Baltimore. Oh I, God. I know it sounds kind of oh, crazy, geez. but. I just got a feeling that uh, Mitch Trubisky is going to come and light a fire under the Pittsburgh Steelers, and their defense is going to be good enough to stop Lamar Jackson. Kenny Pickett's playing. Kenny Pickett has been practicing, and he's planning on playing and getting better every okay. day. Sam? That that was just awful. Uh, give me, new, give me uh, Baltimore. Give me Baltimore in this game by a whole lot. Like, uh, that over-under 38 kind of – the thing is, Baltimore hasn't been, like, putting up points at will. Uh, I, I don't really know if they're going to, you know, blow Pittsburgh out of the building. But, like, there's been – again, Pittsburgh right now, the way that they have looked, there's not much more in Pittsburgh than there is in New England right now, in my opinion. Right. Kenny Pickett's obviously going to play. Kenny Pickett is beat up. They still can't run the ball. They have an offensive coordinator who is – who, if he farts the wrong way, is going to be fired. I'm taking Baltimore in this, and 
I'm going to very, very, very hesitantly take the under. Yeah, I just think that the like there's two separate stories. I think that obviously all the Pittsburgh issues are one story. Um, but I think the bigger story is I'm still sticking with the Ravens as, as my pick to win the AFC. I thought they bounced back really nicely last week. They're getting way healthier. Odell is back. Rashad Bateman is back. Uh, they're getting a lot of guys back on defense as well. And it, it's hard to try, even at home, it's hard to trust Kenny Pickett well injured. So I like the Ravens to safely cover the four and a half, probably win somewhere in the 10 point range. And uh, I also like the under just because I think that's a lot of points for Baltimore to cover on their own 38. And I just don't see Pittsburgh doing much offensively. Uh, moving on, we are going to Los Angeles. Um, a battle between the last two NFC champions. We have the Eagles coming to L.A. in what will probably feel like a home game for them. The Eagles are favored by four and a half. The over-under is 50. Um, what do you think, Sam? So, uh, obviously, Cooper Cup is, is expected to play this weekend, and uh, that's great news for the Rams, but... You know, Puka has obviously been playing out of his mind. Tutu Atwell has been a big contributor to that offense. They they haven't had all too much of they haven't had all too many opportun they haven't had all too much opportunities to really uh, get the run going. Kyron Williams had a had a good game in there. Um, at the end of the day, this is Philadelphia that they're playing, and I think that St- it's going to take Stafford a week or two to reacclimate to okay, I need to get Cooper Cup involved in this offense, but still spread the ball around. Uh, I just don't see the Rams going up against Philadelphia and having all too much success. I was actually surprised that Philly was only favored by four and a half in this game. I know Philly's not playing up to the caliber they were last year, but I I don't see them having much of a problem with the Rams. I'm going to take Philly in this. And that over under a 50, I mean – that's a lot of points to expect against Philly's defense out of the Rams. I'm going to go under in this game, again, hesitantly. But I, I just don't see the Rams having – I don't see Puka Nakua going up against Philly's defense and having, you know, a 170-yard receiving day. I don't see Kyron Williams being able to run the ball on them at will. Um, I know the Rams did nice against San Francisco. I think that was only a 10-point loss for them. But I think that Philadelphia is going to win this game pretty, pretty strongly. Uncle Sam, I'm going to take the Eagles to cover and the under. I like the Eagles to cover as well, um, but I think this game this game's going to be close. I think this game's going to be a little bit closer than people think, and I actually do like the over. Um, the Rams have been doing really well scoring points. The Eagles have been doing really poorly of preventing teams from scoring points. Uh, the only reason they're winning games is because they're getting timely scores. Um, I, I do like the over, and I like the Eagles to cover somewhere in the end of the game. Maybe they have the ball, and they're driving at some point in the fourth quarter, and they and they, they take a little bit more of a lead. They extend their lead. Uh, give me the Eagles to cover the four and a half. Give me the Eagles to win outright, and give me the, un- or the over. Excuse me. Um, we have another toilet bowl, but this one should be more competitive. I think both of these teams have been better than their record. Um It is the Cincinnati Bengals, who are minus three, headed to Glendale, Arizona, to take on the Cardinals, a Cardinals team that has been playing really tough. Um, Over under 44.5, Uncle Sam. 
What do you think? I'm going to take, uh, from what I've seen, I'm going to take the Cardinals in the under. Uh, I'm going to piggyback off of that a little bit. Um, Higgins is injured, but Joe Burrow has said this is the best that he has felt. Um, this is the best that he's felt in, in, since his injury, and this is the best that he's felt after a game in particular. And uh, I just think that this that the Cardinals' defensive front doesn't have what the Titans' defensive front has. And the Bengals know that they really need games like this. This is the most talent-depleted team that they're playing. I, listen, I, I love the Cardinals. I love what they've done this year. I love what Dobbs has done. I think they've played very tough. Um, that being said, this is the most talent-depleted team that the Bengals are playing against. Um, and this is if, – if they blow it this week, because I picked the Bengals a lot, if they choke this week, it's, I'm done. I'm done doing it. But I'm going to give the Bengals the benefit of the doubt. I like the under in this one, and I like the Bengals to cover the minus three and to win it outright. Uh, Zolo, me and you are like on the on identical page here. Uh, right now, Cincinnati is essentially 31st or 32nd in every offensive category there is. They, And, I mean – They've they've looked awful. They've looked horrible. Their offensive line has, their defensive line has. They have not controlled the line of scrimmage in any game they have played, but nowhere to go but up. There's exactly there's nowhere to go but up. And if they're going to do it, if they're going to do it, like you said, they have to do it against Arizona. If they lose this game this week, if they lose this game this week, I'm prepared to to write this year off for Cincinnati. Uh enter them in the Caleb Williams. No, I'm kidding. Give me Cincinnati uh, minus three, and I'm just, I'm going to take the over in this game. If the, if Cincinnati's going to win this game, they have got to get they've got to get the offense going. Uh, Joe Mixon has to look good. He's got to care. He's got to run the ball better. The offensive line has to get it together a little bit. Jamar Chase has to have a big game. A lot of things that are going to equal a lot of points have to work. And at the end of the day, Arizona even though they're still a weaker team, they've been able to score points. So I'm going to go Cincinnati in the over, but there's an asterisk here. If Cincinnati loses this game, that's it. We're We're done. done. We're both pulling the rug out from under them. We're done. Okay. This one I think is actually, it's another one and three versus one and three. I think it's a lot better though on paper. Um, It's one of the games I've been most excited about. The narrative is a little different now, but um, the jets are going to Denver. And they are getting two and a half points with an over under of forty three and a half. Um, I personally, I I'm I'm banking on Zach Wilson doing what he did last week, um, mainly because I think I still think the narrative here is this is the Nathaniel Hackett revenge game, and I think that the Jets are going to be so fired up for this one. And uh, it's going to show that ball. What's what's going to help? Uh, what's going to help Zach Wilson better than playing in altitude? Um, so give me the Jets to cover the two and a half. Give me the Jets to win it outright, obviously. And I like the over. I th- I think Russ is going to do some damage on the other end as well. But they're they're after Sean Payton's ass. Um, I think they're going to crack Jets D a little <laughs> bit. But but I I like the Jets to I like the Jets to soundly win this game, and I like the over of this one. Uncle Sam? I agree. I'm taking the Jets and the over. I, I think their defense is uh, good enough to keep Russell Wilson at bay. <clears throat> yeah. Sam? 
Um, shout out to Arab Fantasy. I'm going to go Amu Bob here for the win. Uh, I, I just – there's the thing. There's a lot of animosity going into this game, regardless if Aaron Rodgers is playing or not. Uh, Zach Wilson had his best game pretty much ever last week. And I don't, I don't buy into the Denver thing. Like, at the end of the day, they got one big win that they had to come back from 30 points against Chicago. Uh, I just – I know I was high on Denver last week. But something for me just feels like this game, the Jets are going to come in and punch them in the mouth. Their defense is going to play really well. And, and on the other side of that, if Denver pulls this game out, then I, I have a lot of more faith in them. This this Jets team is not as much of a walk in the park as they looked like two weeks ago. So I think their defense is going to come in. I don't think Denver's going to be able to run the ball. I, th- I don't think Javante Williams is playing in this game. Like – they're going to give Russell Wilson fits. I don't think he's going to look that great. And the Jets have a chip on their shoulder right now. They want they want to win games like this because this is a winnable game. For them. So give me the Jets, and I'm going to take the under in this. Gets extra tricky because uh, the Broncos go – I think they go to Kansas City Thursday night next week. It's, either way, they're playing the Chiefs. I don't know where it is, but – uh, moving on, speaking of Kansas City, they're taking on the 1-3 Minnesota Vikings in Minneapolis. Um, wow. That, At 4.30. Go ahead. What'd you say? At 4.30. At 4, yeah, at 4.25 in Minneapolis. This is a weird number. The Chiefs are only favored by 3.5. Vegas must be really down on all the Chiefs' woes right now. Um, I don't see it. I just think that – I mean, they they haven't been outstanding, and they haven't had that complete game outside of Chicago. Um, that being said, last there was Jets D last week. That's a good defense. This is Minnesota. Over under 52-and-a-half, uh, Kansas City minus 3-and-a-half. Go ahead, Sam. A lot of people are going to win a lot of money on this game. Uh, give me Kansas City minus 3-and-a-half, and – that over under a 52, I'm going to shock everybody. I'm going to take the over in this game, even though it's a lot of points. Listen, at the end of the day, this is what we know. Kirk Cousins, when he's not at 1 o'clock, is not Kirk Cousins. So, and I agree. I don't understand how you're going to downgrade the Chiefs at, at the moment. I think that, you know, big deal. It was the Jets' defense, and that's that's part of the reason why I have faith in the Jets this week against Denver. I think Kansas City's going to – I think this one's going to get ugly, and I think it's going to get ugly quick because I am that low on Minnesota. I think Kansas City is going to get close to hitting that cover, the over-under by themselves. I just think this is going to get really, really messy really fast. Give me Kansas City and give me that over. Uncle Sam. I agree. I'm going to take Kansas City in the over. I I just I think there's going to be a lot of points put up in this game. I just don't think that uh, Minnesota is good enough to stay tit for tat with Kansas City. Uh, I yeah I I actually I like the over um I I do think one thing Minnesota does somewhat well is they score points that was a little bit better right. of a defensive front that they went up against last week where they only mustered twenty one in Carolina I love their offense at home a little bit more so I like the over but I have no issue seeing the Chiefs winning this by ten points I don't know that three and a half is weird Vegas must either know something or. They just must really hate the Chiefs right now. But I like the Chiefs minus three and a half. I think they cover that soundly. I think they win outright, of course. And uh, give me the over in that one. I like the points here. Um, Moving on to arguably the biggest game on the slate and one of the best 
most fun games that I could think of this early in a season. I've never been more excited for a Sunday night game. Um, Dallas is only getting three and a half in this one with an over-under of 45, so I think Vegas bites really hard on the defense. Um, everyone's relatively healthy. There's no major injuries, um, no issues with McCaffrey that we can think of. The 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 Debo and Ayuk thing. Debo's been been lackluster in practice this week. Uh, he's been super limited, but he always ends up playing. Uh, Uncle Sam, this is a big time '90s NFC battle right here. here Where do you, what do you think between Dallas and San Francisco? I'm gonna take Dallas Cowboys in this game. Oh my God, you're a go at San Francisco. You're an asshole. I'm, ta- I'm taking the under. Do you think Brock Purdy's going to throw three interceptions? I I think Brock Purdy's going to see pressure that he hasn't seen all year. And once he does, it's over. Joke. You're um, a joke. Sam? You're a joke. <laughs> Anyways. With you with the dog father shirt on. Listen to me. Um, you want to know what I like about Brock Purdy? Uh, even though he is, you know, the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, he's still splitting his rent and living with a roommate and driving an old Toyota Sequoia. So, you, you know, know what? He lives with one of the offensive linemen because he only makes 850000 a year. I'm not surprised he lives with a dude. <sighs> and and so, you know what? I have even that much more respect for Brock Purdy. And just because Uncle Sam is such a hater, a, a washed-up hater, and just wants to prey on people's downfall – um, I just want I want to see Brock Purdy win MVP this year. Uh, outside of that, listen, I think San Francisco covers in this game handily, and I'm going to take the over. But I really think that this whole thing, the way this game is being spun on us right now, at the end of the day, San Francisco's four and zero. San Francisco doesn't have that blemish that the Cowboys have on their record, where they lost the Arizona Cardinals and lost in, in a proper fashion. I, that's what, that's what worries me. I don't think San Francisco makes mistakes and we know that Dallas does. I mean, at the end of the day, San Francisco's defense capitalizes on every chance they get. Brock Purdy does not, does not make mistakes. He does not let go of the football. Christian McCaffrey does not make mistakes. San Francisco is a team built up of guys who aren't going to make mistakes and on the opposite end of that, Dallas has a coach that consistently makes mistakes on the biggest stage and a quarterback. Give me San Francisco minus three and a half. Uh, give me some of whatever Uncle Sam is smoking and give me the over in this game. Yeah, I like that you brought up the make mistakes thing. Um, ever since that Super Bowl where Kyle Shanahan choked the second half away in Atlanta, um, one thing Kyle Shanahan teams do well is they're always well-prepared, offensively and defensively. I mean, obviously, he lost Bob Sala, who was a big big thing for him, and uh, Mike McDaniel. Those are two tough losses, but his teams are always prepared. So when they lose games, if they lose games, it's typically because they're, the other team is more talent-rich, like the Eagles. Um, I like San Francisco here. Um, I think this is going to be the defensive battle that uh, that everyone is saying it's going to be. I I love. I'm I'm excited to watch these two defenses. I think it's going to be ten ten at half, or something like that. I think it's going to be a really low scoring affair. 
Um, I think ultimately what sets San Francisco apart is their run game and their ability to get creative in, in short yardage situations is going to be great for them. This is going to be a lot of chipping away and not as much ball downfield. Um, that being said, I'm uh, the I, I don't think Dallas is going to win. I think San Francisco not not only wins outright, but they cover this pretty soundly. Um, I don't think Dallas is going to win, but I would like to see. This is where you got your ship kicked in last year, Dak Prescott. Um, your team is arguably better than it was last year, so I would like to see a little more from Dak Prescott. I think this is a big game for him. Not necessarily a coming out party, but it's it's important. Like this is the game that puts you on the map and tells us if you are in that class of NFC, NFC team. Um, I like San Francisco. I like uh, I like the under in this one. I believe in the defenses, and I I like San Francisco to also cover that uh, minus three and a half. Um, which takes us, as always, saving the best for last. Uh, we Can I preface this real quick here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I already know. I want you to go to Uncle Sam first on this because I already know what's going to happen. Uncle Sam. Carolina Sorry. Panthers. Carolina Panthers, 0-4. The last uh, – are they the last winless team? I believe so. I, I'm going to take the – do you know that you want the numbers? Do you need to know them? No, I know them. I got minus 10 or plus 10 for Carolina. Plus 10 for Carolina over under at 44. Do it. I'm going to take the Do over it. in this game, and I'm taking the Lions to cover. Oh, you're, you know what? You just did that because I said what I you said. You did that to piss him off. Yeah, you just did that to piss me off because you Lions were. covered this game. You there's, there's, both. there's a reason. There's a reason for it. Why? Because they're at home. They what were happened? on the road. I wouldn't have done that. What happened? What happened to the the fucking Red Rockets going to come in Ford Field? Listen, I I am a big, <laughs> I I am a big fucking the Red Rifle, not the Red Rocket, the Red Rifle. What's the difference? Same difference. Go ahead. Take, I I can't believe. Home. They're at home. They're going to be <laughs> the crowd is going to be absolutely something that Bryce Young hasn't seen since he's been in college. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Detroit to actually cover this game, just because they're not at Carolina, and the guys that gashed them last year, one of them's not there. Sam. Yeah, I'm gonna go Detroit covering in this game. I think uh, the biggest thing for me here is Detroit's defense and Carolina's offense is, has, you know, shown sparks at times, but it's not really, it's not really up to caliber that Detroit's defense is. I think Detroit will control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Um, I think Jared Goff, you know, outside of, outside of a, 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 you know, that one game where he threw a couple interceptions, he hasn't really made mistakes. I'm going to, I think that the Lions will win this game pretty easily just because I don't think Carolina will be able to put up any points against Detroit's defense at the moment. Um, and I mean, Carolina better be ready for the, for the David Montgomery show. And, and I think that if we're going to see Gibbs start to get utilized, I know I said this last week, but they've got to get him utilized a lot more. I think Carolina's the perfect team to do it against. Uh, you got JMO coming back. I think JMO, uh, we'll at least get out there for a couple of plays. I don't expect much, but I think he'll be out there a little bit. And and Carolina's going to have to respect him when he's on the field. So I think that opens things up a little bit more. I, I think Detroit wins this game pretty handily. 
I think I'm going to take the under here just because I don't think – I really am confident in this Detroit defense. I don't think Carolina is going to be able to do much. So give me Detroit minus 10 in the under. So let me preface my pick by saying um, that's a big number, minus 10. That's a tough one to cover. I don't think I've ever seen the Lions favored by 10, but it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, and it moved, of course. It started at, I think, minus 7.5, and, and it moved to minus 8.5. It's now at minus 10. Um, that's a lot of points, but I'm going to give the Lions the benefit of the doubt in covering the, the 10 points. Um, and it's because they've covered, they've, you know, they're, th- uh, f- three and one they've covered in three out of the four games. They would have covered the last one had they scored that touchdown in overtime, but they've covered these numbers in most of the games. And, um, I just think that there's a lot going for the lions right now. They know they need this one going into that really big stretch at Tampa, at Baltimore. Those are two tough games coming, so they they need this one pretty bad. And um, I don't know. So if you ask ask the Lions team which game they want to avenge most from last year, uh, the talk in the locker room, it actually wasn't Seattle. It was this game. This is the game that pissed them off. Um, This left a really bad taste in their mouth. This cost them the playoffs. I think they're going to try and make a statement. Um, defensively, th- th- there's a lot going for them. They're getting healthier. Um, Emmanuel Mosley's coming back. Uh, you're probably going to see Julian Aquara. There's a rumor. And then offensively, same drill. The offensive line's a lot healthier. There's issues with Brian Branch. It doesn't seem like he's going to play. Uh, Amon Ross still hasn't practiced, but he's worked really hard off to the side in these practices. I think he does end up playing. Um, the Lions just have too much juju going for them. Uh, I like the under because Lions offense has sputtered a little bit over the last couple weeks. Um, Jared Goff only has one touchdown pass, I think, in the last two weeks. Um, in fact, in week one, he only had one as well. So give me uh, give me the Lions to cover, um, but I'm, I'm looking for more. I'm looking for a good performance all around. I'm, I'm hoping this is their most complete game of the year. And that minus 10 scares me. I wouldn't fault anyone for taking the points with the Panthers. Um, but I I think the Lions just have too much going for them going into those next two games. Uh, and I like the under, like I said, that, that 44. I don't know if the Panthers are going to score enough points on Lions defense. But look for Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen has historically gashed the Lions. He's done it for years. And I think he's going to be a nice safety valve, um, especially with Mosley coming back, especially without Brian Branch tailing him. Look out for Adam Thielen this weekend. Um that's it. We don't want to pick Monday, right? Monday is uh, it's not it's not great. It's Packers at Raiders. It's a it's a good old fashioned battle. We could save that, right? For for this Monday, Are you gonna be yeah. back? Should be back. Yep. What are you doing up there? Do you have any plans? Are you gonna go butt chug a, a vodka tonic at the Pink Pony? Is that what it's called? The Rum Runners at the Pink Pony. The oh yeah, at the Pink Pony. Uh, no, so it's about 42 degrees here right now and raining. So what do you uh, do there when it's 42 and raining in, in October? Uh, well, it seems like today is going to be a day of freezing my ass off, cleaning porch furniture. Okay. Is there any, Ooh, like, cleaning porch furniture, he said. Anyway. Is there any, like, leisure planned? Like, is or is leisure just sitting by the fire? Or do you light a fire up there? Uh, so there is the occasional there. We do the occasional bonfire, uh, but my leisure is going to be Sunday. I am going to sit in a recliner all day and I'm going to watch red zone 
uninterrupted with a window cracked and a nice cool breeze coming in. And that, that's, that's about it. I mean, uh, you know what? I might, there's this place in town called the Chuck wagon. Um, it's a top, top five burger of my life for me. So there might be a bike ride into town later on to grab a Chuck burger. Uh, other than that, there's not much, there's not much. It's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of manual labor, which I know uh, Bruce knows nothing about, and then sitting and watching football. I have a couple questions. Question one, over your right shoulder, is that Tiger Stadium? And over your left shoulder, is that Maglio hitting the walk-off? So, no, this is Al Kaline homering in the net, uh, 68 World Series. That's Comerica Park blueprint. And, well, oh, oh for two. Oh for two. Real quick, for Uncle shit. Sam here, for Uncle Sam. Shame that the people can't see this, you know. Oh yeah, the goat, Miguel Cabrera. Whatever. The absolute goat. Don't act like you know how to speak Spanish over there. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're supposed to say uh comprende. Oh fuck. Really, dude? Um, anyway. Listen, we all know that thing of manual labor that you spoke of is fucking not real. Okay? That would kill you if you had to do that. In fact, I don't even see you cleaning that furniture. I'm sure your mom's out there right now, asses and elbows, <laughs> with a bucket of bleach, doing it herself. No, you know what? I was the first one awake here today, so. Well, yeah, it says uh, seven seven a.m. You call time. Manual labor doesn't add up ever. I have a couple more questions. I have questions for both of you. First, first for you, Sam. Number one, what does Elizabeth do when she's up there? Want to kill herself? Oh no! I mean, we're we're in the same. This is. We love it up here because, like, on a day like today where it's raining and cold, you will not see another human being all day unless you want to, which is nice. So, uh, yeah, I mean, is right. This this shit scrapers scraping the concrete right now? or Exactly. The this time of year, it's this is the – you just sit all day, you curl up with a nice blanket, put something good on – you know, I might get some diners driving some dives going after this, take a bath later on, just, you know, full, full – relaxation mode. you ever watch guys grocery games love guys grocery games that's a great love one it. too sarah and i absolutely love it and you know what bobby's triple threat now yeah that's another one it really gets the blood flowing question three how long does it take you to get into town uh it depends so they lifted the electric bike ban so if i get to use the electric we only have two electric bikes here one for mom and one for dad so if they're not going into town and you can utilize the electric bike you can do it in, in 10 minutes or less because you're going like 22 miles an hour all the way in. If you have to pedal your ass into town, it's usually like a 20 minute ride. Uncle Sam, what do you like doing when you're up there? I don't like Mac at all. He's been I here one time. He was sweaty I, I, the entire I, time. I love your guys' crib, but outside that, dude, I have no. There's nothing to do there. My family has There's a place. Nothing to do there. My family has a place in Harbor Springs, Sam, and I never go there because um, it, it's not in town. It's 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 in the hills, so I can't. It's in Hamlet Village, so Nubs is right behind it. And yeah. I Nubs? I don't Nubs Knob and Boyne is Boyne is across the street. Nubs Knob is arguably the best skiing snowboarding in in the state. It's oh, it's I considered it the best spot. Different, but anyway, go yeah. ahead. No, it's not what you think it is. Um. I just never go there because they're not on the water, so it's not as enticing. So we have to, like, trek to the water. You have to trek to downtown Harbor Springs. You have to trek to Walloon. You got to trek to Charlevoix. You got to trek to Petoskey. Um, 
and I haven't been to Mackinac in years. And one of these summers, maybe a Fourth of July, I would love to come and and check out what you guys have going up. Just for the, I just want to go to Mackinac for the day because I haven't been there since like the early two thousands. Fourth of July, bike it. Fourth of July up here is zoo. I mean, it's a complete zoo. You've got little kids flying off bikes. Uh, there's, it's like, it's like being in Times Square. There's people from every walk of life and it gets kind of disgusting. But at the same time, I've been to a lot of places on the 4th of July and there's just nowhere has the same feel as here. It's just, it's just fabulous. You need, you need to get out in the woods with Botcher up there and kill something. There's nothing here to kill, dude. What are you going to do, kill a fucker? There's always something to kill. I think you got to go a little further south or a little further north to go kill up there, if my man. I might I might have to cut down a few trees today, too, so. Yeah, you ever go to the UP? You, stop you ever go up to uh, <laughs> you ever go up to Marquis for pictured rocks or I'm a big I'm a big suit? UP guy. I'm a huge UP. I'm a huge UP guy. I love uh, I love Sault Ste. Marie. I like Tequamanon, uh, you know, you up towards Whitefish Point, Copper Harbor situation. Beautiful country up there. Go get your hands dirty. Uncle Sam, you got any big plans this weekend? Yeah, I'm working. As always. <laughs> I'm going to watch college football. This is the third show in a row. We haven't talked about college football. I'm excited to see Michigan. I think they're on fire. There's some big games this weekend. Um, uh, the Red River rivalry, one of, one yeah. of the be- a top five college football rivalries tomorrow at noon. And it's arguably the best Texas team since since 2009 has taken on a, a undefeated and pretty stout Oklahoma team. Uh, some that people are saying a lot better than people give him credit to be. Some people, Brett Venables was Clemson's defensive coordinator. He's now Oklahoma's head coach, and yep. Clemson's defense t- is taking a hit for it. Um, some people are saying that Texas is the only team that can challenge Michigan in the country right now after Georgia's bed shitting last week. So I'm excited to see I, Texas I get pushed a little bit. I throw the blanket on Georgia. I wouldn't throw the blanket on Georgia either. What I like about Texas is is I buy into the narrative that the most experienced quarterback has the best say in the college football playoff, and there's no more experienced quarterback than J.J. McCarthy, but Quinn Ewers at Texas is pretty good and he's not a first year starter and he's having an outstanding year. So I'm excited to watch some college football. Um, and then I'm going Doesn't to Michigan have a nice game tomorrow. Georgia hasn't shown it yet, but their defense is still probably one of the best in the country. They just haven't shown it yet. They're you're going to get one of those games where they're just absolutely going to ass punch somebody and it's coming soon. Georgia, Georgia is talented, but I they, like that. Of course, Michigan hasn't had the schedule. Oh, by the way, the people that have been complaining about Michigan's schedule next year, they have Oregon, they have Washington, they have USC, they have Ohio State, and they have Fresno State, who's their one of their non-conference yeah. games. Oh, and guess who else Michigan plays at the big house next year? Texas. Michigan, Michigan has the hardest schedule. Up and got a real it's schedule. not about time. It's just every other year no, the schedule. Time. Well, no, they their been, conference schedules are garbage every it, year. It hasn't. It every hasn't been year. though since Notre Dame dropped them at, and at, Washington at, dropped them percent. from the pandemic. When is the last non-conference game that you've seen Michigan play? So hold on. That was against a very good team. They've had these teams scheduled, but they've dropped them. That's what's been happening. That because of the pandemic and all these things. Oh, and Notre Dame yes. because they wanted to do their ACC thing. Notre Dame. 
drop Michigan. Michigan yeah. played Notre Dame every year. So if Ohio State's toughest game is Notre Dame, Michigan always played Notre Dame until Notre Dame yeah, said, well, we don't want to play past, you anymore. Uh, all right, we won't even go that back okay, that far. Okay, fair, fair. Five, the past five years, who have they played? No, it's the, pa- it's the past two years. Five years. And, and agreed. Agreed. That being said, has it mattered? Michigan's gone to the playoff both of those doesn't years. Matter. It doesn't State. matter when you go there and you get pumbled. And, but they're, See, but, you got ass punched by the second best goals, team in the country. Without a good non-conference schedule, all of their goals have gotten accomplished. We'll see. Last we'll see what happens. I, I don't. And they still listen, have to play. I, they still have to play at Penn State this year, which is a top five team in the country, and they have to play Ohio State, which is the top time, top five team in the country. Okay. So it doesn't matter if their non-conference schedule is well, great. I, I if just, their, I if don't their regular think they should be ranked the as high the as they are when you play a cupcake non-conference schedule. <laughs> it, it's my opinion. A you know. Hey, Alabama made a living off of that every year. Alabama's been playing fucking bug tussle state every year and for the doesn't Georgia. matter because when you play an SEC schedule. But Michigan's, it, Michigan's in the hardest division in college football. Listen, the Big Ten's a joke. You it's, know that. It's, it's Outside Ohio State, Michigan, it's garbage. Penn State. It has garbage. three guys that could get drafted in the garbage. top ten this year. Outside Ohio State, Michigan, it's garbage. Penn State. Zolo's finally feeling that I feel That's like saying that 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 Johnny Manziel beating Alabama doesn't count. You know, like the, it's. I, still, I never said that didn't count. I thought. I'm just saying. I watched teams, him beat LSU too. The the Big Ten West. I'm excuse me. The Big Ten East is just as tough as the SEC West. And I anyone. Don't think so. I mean, th- look I at the rankings. The ra- there's three teams in the top five. I I, I don't look at the rankings because the guys that make the rankings are full of shit. And last year, the Big Ten, the last two yeah. years, <laughs> oh, not the last two years, but last year, what? last year the Big Ten East got two teams into the college football playoff in Michigan and Ohio State. Last year, Ohio State should never have been there. Hey, Period. they they almost they, they got they, they were got lucky away. that USC lost. They got lucky. Yeah, it, listen to me. The Big Ten, you cannot compare the Big Ten with the SEC. You can't. Uh, top to it's bottom, not even fucking close. Top to bottom, no. But because the you could Big take the garbage East. teams in the SEC, have them come up here and play Northwestern and play fucking Minnesota. Okay, I, play I Nebraska. Agree. I agree. And they top would to ass bottom. I agree. Top to bottom. But the Big Ten East, if and then on top of that, Maryland is five and zero right now, and they play Fuck, teams really tough. They've been tough. living on a prayer. That's fine. They're, They're the worst five and zero team in the nation. T- totally. I don't know about that. Totally They're the worst five and O team in the nation. Totally fine, but there's there's oh, four oh. five and O teams in one division in college football, and that's the Big Ten East. The SEC and can't Tallulah say that. or whatever his fucking name is is not his brother. Okay, that's two of his Believe brothers. Sam. He's gonna get ass raped. the end of this year. On that note, we're talking college football next week, just because I want to make Uncle Sam turn red, and we've been dude, putting it off for too long. You're just such a hater, dude. What? What? Why? Because I said the Big Ten ain't as good as the SEC? Stop. Everybody knows. Anybody who knows football knows that. We think think that you should like and we think that you should subscribe to us on all of the channels. That includes X or Twitter, whatever you're calling it, at Tip Balls. Instagram, at Tip Balls. And, of course, YouTube. We've seen the followers go up on YouTube. We appreciate that. We appreciate the engagement. We appreciate Arab Fantasy and everyone else that comments on the chat. Uh, what am I missing? Oh, Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts. I know my people listen to Apple Podcasts. Tip balls. Uh, we appreciate it. We're we're trying to do some fun things here. We're hoping that this this football season persists in the way that we're we're anticipating it to. We're excited. Uh, do you guys have anything else to say? Anything to add? No. Thanks everybody for listening. We're uh, you're you're going coming back Monday. Better than ever. Coming back Monday. Better than ever. We'll see you Monday. God bless. Have a good weekend.